What do you want, Mr. Quay? The same as you, to remember. But why? To be myself again. You are what you do. A man is defined by his action, not his memory. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind to me, please. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. in this world that I hate but nobody boils my blood quite like Elon Musk um, I I hate him I hate him so much and he's everywhere unavoidable figure in my life in yours and um, he will be exposed eventually but for now we have to Look at his ugly, fat face uh, frequently. Uh, and he, it's, he, he's not even that evil because he's, he's not really pulling the strings. He's just the face. He's more like the fruit of evil. The tree of evil is the machine that allows his, uh, his in stupid fucking bullshit and allows him to sit on this this fake throne of wealth and power because it's not real. His money isn't real, um, and he's he's constantly in the news, just nonstop. And his followers are of the worst kind. Uh, most recently, he was seen looking incredibly stupid, wearing a cowboy hat and ginning up bloodlust for desperate migrants across the Texas border. He was, there was this video of him standing between migrants with a razor wire in between. And he's like goofily waving at them like, ha, ha, ha. Like really sinister shit. Intolerable. Uh, If you think he's some kind of autistic genius, you'd be half right. Uh, Not long ago when Miami was trying to be the crypto center of the world, Musk visited Miami mayor Francis Suarez, who uh, is, was, you know, the, the Bitcoin mayor. And uh, he's currently under federal investigation for fraud. Birds of a feather stuff. Well, Musk, and back then, proposed uh, building one of his useless tunnels with his stupid, boring company, uh, to build a tunnel under Miami to ease traffic congestion. Uh, and if you know, if you've ever been to Miami, traffic there, it's worse than L.A., in my opinion. Uh, Mayor Suarez didn't bother to correct or inform Musk that uh, that is entirely impossible. In Florida, especially South Florida, you dig a few feet, you hit water. You can't build a tunnel in the already porous limestone. But nobody corrected him. He didn't ever. He never also was like, "Oops, my bad." He just continues to get to say stupid shit. Uh, and he's just—it's just constant, constant stupid ideas. But the stupidest idea that Musk has been talking about for you know a better part of a decade now has got to be space colonization. For years, for years, he's touted terraforming mars building space colonies on mars with his spacex company uh that he he believes in this need to extend humanity into the stars uh 
fairly recently he was on Joe Rogan talking about why we ought to colonize Mars. How much time before there's regular travel back and forth to Mars, roughly? Like a real civilization on Mars? Well, I think it's going to take a while to build a real civilization. The threshold that really matters is, do we have enough resources on Mars such that if the if the spaceships from Earth stop coming... You can or, survive. Yeah. you got to have uh, all the things necessary to sustain civilization on Mars. And the reason that the ships from Earth stop coming could be World War Three or slow decline of civilization. So civilization here on Earth could end with a bang or a whimper. We're getting past the Great Filter to become a multi-planet species. Species that does not become multiplanetary, simply waiting around until there is some extinction event, either mm. self-inflicted or external. That's like, do you want a future where we're out there among the stars, exploring the universe, or do you want a future where we're stuck on Earth forever? Space colonization ain't gonna happen. Uh, it is the pipiest of pipe dreams. We cannot leave this planet, and we can't leave it, especially in these bodies. Maybe, maybe we could leave this planet if we can upload our brains onto computers. But that ain't going to happen either. And also, funny enough, Musk is trying to do that with his Neuralink bullshit too. Musk's entire SpaceX program is just a U.S. military, uh, uh, what do you call it, facade, I guess. Uh the, the useful thing, the one good thing he has produced is Starlink, uh, which also is for military purposes. It does not have broad internet use. It's not going to bring the internet to poor African children in Niger or wherever. Uh, no, it's for the military. And Musk's entire SpaceX program has been subsidized by NASA, which is by is military, U.S. military. Uh, Mike Griffin, who was the uh, director of NASA, bailed out Musk's SpaceX to the tune of $2 billion uh, to get the company afloat. And so they get to continue doing their space programs uh, in the guise of helping humanity when it's really just about uh, helping geolocate uh, people for them to drone nuke or whatever the truth is is that these people the billy are billionaires our our generation 21st century billionaires hate us uh and they hate this planet they hate themselves too but you know i don't care about that they're not different from previous billionaires the carnegies the rockefellers or whatever uh, but at least the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's built beautiful museums and symphonies and schools. It, it, they try to leave some kind of uh, cultural legacy. Uh, Musk and Bezos are going to leave us with the taste of ash in our mouths. That's it. Uh, this space colonization thing is just them burning cash because they can. Um, Space colonization is a hateful belief, in my opinion. To leave Earth behind is to leave humanity itself. The Earth is not something to escape. Uh, it's funny that the richest people in the world, Bezos and Musk, so desperately want to leave this place. You'd think that being the richest people, you'd be the happiest, right? You know, more money equals more success and accomplishment and happiness. But they want to leave. They want to get the fuck out of here. Leave us behind. Promoting space colonization is particularly frustrating because it's not feasible. It ain't going to happen. We do not have the technology. It is so speculative that to invest any actual capital in it is just a waste of money. And it's especially frustrating because they're proposing to do infeasible things and ignore our the, the need that our planet itself had like the, the the needs our planet has right now which are entirely feasible uh avoiding or mitigating climate catastrophe cleaning up the planet making it more livable reducing poverty 
this shit is not rocket science. It is completely possible. And yet people would rather fantasize about things that we will never do. The SpaceX program, besides being a complete waste of fucking money, is also terrible for the environment. SpaceX launches from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And they need more and more land to launch more and more rockets. They are being gifted by the state of Florida over a hundred acres of pristine scrub and wetland. And of course, you know, the uh, NASA's uh, environmental analysis says that it would do short term moderate impacts to uh, biological resources. Uh, bullshit. I mean, we've already saw, we've already seen what SpaceX did in Texas, just kicking up all kinds of dust, uh, giving people asthma. You know, the amount of fuel that's required, the amount of shit it leaves, uh, not in the uh, toposphere like an airplane, but in the stratosphere, like dust particles that just stick up there and float and, you know, cause more UV damage. I mean, like they are destroying this world because they said it's being destroyed, we need to leave it. So, uh, well, if you love this little rant, uh, there's more of it because on today's episode... We're talking space colonization, and I am joined by my dear friends, Max of Schizotopia, and uh, first-time guest, Mr. Dank Deleuze. Uh, forgive their, uh, that I'm calling them by their Instagram handles instead of their real names, but you should follow them there. Um, I think both Max and Dank, a.k.a. Dorian, are smarter than me, uh, but in general, but uh, when it comes to this stuff, eh, I think I got I think I got Max's number. Uh, but anyway, we talk about space colonization and whether you know we're go space or no space. So uh, I will say that if we do ever do space colonization, I do hope that Elon Musk goes there. And then you know if if you've seen Total Recall one of the all-time best movies in general, but also space colonization uh, sci-fi stories. Uh, there's that scene where they get punched out of the uh, the airlock chambers and into the uh, oxygen-free uh, Mars atmosphere, and they start to, like, their eyes bug out, and they're like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I hope that happens to Musk, and I, I hope that he... Um, never breathes a bit of oxygen ever again. All right, how's it going, guys? Yo, uh, <laughs> you know, you you know how it's going. How are, how are you, Max? Does anyone ever ask you how you are? Uh, well, you know what? Isaac was just asking me uh, off air how I was doing, and I was telling him I'm doing I'm I'm doing all right. Go on. I'm I'm being productive. I'm working on the fucking book. I'm trying not to George R. R. Martin my book any longer okay i'm going full tilt i promise i'm working on it every day <laughs> the next episode of this podcast i'll be talking about uh so I'll, I'll be giving you some behind the scenes about the book okay i promise uh i'm not a complete derelict do you do you feel as if you have sufficient space to to work yeah i mean i'm making the space i've been going to the library every day um, so you're, you're you're going to space Yes, I'm making sufficient space. Uh, oh, yes. That uh, reminds me. What we're here to actually talk about is uh, Isaac and I were arguing about outer space, so we decided that we would be talking about outer space in the abstract. Now, I have some notes. I got plenty of stuff to talk about oh, with regards God. to outer space. Um, I don't th believe I made you guys do any homework, okay? I just expected you to show up and mm -hmm. yell at me uh, and, and be as counter-signaling as possible to me, which is what I know you guys enjoy doing. What's counter signaling yeah. mean? Just being 
just being contrary to me. That's not what that means. Uh, <laughs> being contrary to the ultimate contrary. <laughs> there we go. And it and it begins. And it begins. Great. <laughs> oh, is that just like me us ganging up on you? Is that what it is? Is that what <laughs> It's not just that you guys, that that you guys gang you up on me. It's that you don't do your homework and then you gang up on me. So then it's true. That's not it's true. true that is beat up. It's totally true unfair. That is it's totally true unfair. bully the nerd. You, you know what I like about the about the term counter signaling is it's it's therapy talk for a type of bullying that doesn't need to be solved. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's therapy. It's therapy. It's it's just uh uh it's just a very. It's a very pseudo intellectual way to say um, disagree. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I found myself saying sec- self actualizing a lot recently, and I realized I should stop mm-hmm. saying that term. It was very, it's a very dumb way of saying, you know, <laughs> just like just trying to figure out how to be happy. You know, right. I mean, to be fair, counter signal is one of those things. I know uh, Bookchin always complained about this. How like cybernetics was starting to invade language when people say, you know, give me feedback, positive feedback. Um, counter signaling is another example. There, there's a couple others. Feed, feedback is a weird one too because it's, you know, it it would almost be a useful term if people just thought about what it's supposed to mean initially, right? As in, feedback needs to be incorporated, uh, and and then you know, be performed, right? It, it needs to come back out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't, I don't feel like that's. If, if someone's asking for feedback, they're they're. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm. I'm not. I'm not uh, optimistic about in, about anyone in, ever in acting the, on the feedback they re, they receive. In the South, you just uh, you're just asking for your uh, your cow to give you your feedback. You know, they take your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Let's so talk about, what, let's get this space. Let's talk about space. Oh, by the way, okay. I did homework. I've done the homework. It All right, was, buddy. I'll make it very clear. I watched both the movies last time and then some. <laughs> So what I was angry about, excuse me, what I was upset about was that I specifically asked both of you if you had, if you remembered Twin Peaks season three, if you'd specifically seen the episode I want to talk about, you both said yes. And then when I brought it up, you guys are both like, uh, no, we don't really remember. (laughs) We didn't really watch it. And we both think it's stupid. And I'm just like, oh, great. I'm glad this whole section I had prepared where I wanted to talk about (laughs) whatever. It doesn't matter. That was the the other episode. No. All right. I wanted, all right. Well, to be know, on to get on topic to get on topic on. here, we I believe we had a kind of philosophical disagreement about outer space. Maybe you want to talk about why you don't like outer space, just in general, Isaac. Well, I didn't say I don't like outer space, but I, I don't like the did. space colonization. No, well, okay. no. I mean, I think outer. What is there? What is there to like or even not like about outer space? That is just beyond my opinion and comprehension in general. But like. When it comes to the pursuit of outer space, I I have lots of opinions about that. Okay, what 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 is it that we don't like about the colonization of outer space? Well, let's just let's let's uh this conversation started. I think I I sent you something about Elon Musk being stupid and annoying, and you were just like, "No, this is cool, actually." And I I, I think it had something to do with SpaceX. Uh, I'm, I, I'm... and and I just was I I wasn't terribly surprised but you were like actually what elon musk is doing is cool and i like it and i'm for it that's what i remember that's how that's how this this uh uh talking that's this conversation yeah. started that is we that's could, exactly what he said yes that is more or less exactly what i said um we could get into we could get into my very hegelian views on outer space but basically like you know what i was saying is like you don't need to like elon musk the man uh, you don't need to like the shit that he does in order to appreciate what his role in history might be. And the thing is that because I'm of the opinion that it was a great mistake uh, that the United States basically ended its space program, um, you know, what we have today is not anything like what it was in the uh, 60s and 70s, because the United States basically ended uh, its originally very ambitious plans for space. That gap has now been filled by these billionaires. And I'm, t- I'm totally pro-billionaire space race if it forces actual nation states to get involved in outer space again. My, I don't know if you can... I, I look- I don't know if you can have like a, a genuinely operating space program without a world war preceding it. Like well, you, you have to have Nazis to to like scrape up from somewhere to to put to work. I don't think I I, I, don't, I do not think going to space works without Nazis. I, well, I sort of agree with you because you know uh, we, we'll need some kind of there will have to be some kind of galvanizing event. And actually, one of the um, one of the examples I brought up, I was kind of hoping Russia would shoot down Starlink 
so that so that the U.S. government would have to step in. That something would, would happen so there that, that would force the West to actually be like, okay, we have to get involved in space again because we can't let um, you know it, it be Elon Musk versus Russia. And you know, since we know, <laughs> since we know, this week there was a standing ovation uh, for a Nazi, uh, for a, right. a former SS soldier in, in the Ukraine. There, there you have it, Dorian. You have the Nazis. They're back. All right, they're okay. basically All back, right. yeah. and they, oh, you, you could triangulate them into this little outer space conflict that could um, that could move the clock forward. Listen, the only one doing space that uh, that use swastikas anymore are Indians. Okay, the Indians are in the, the space race. Uh, they'll probably put little their own little swastikas on uh, their rockets, which is fine. The the issue, I think, why NASA disappeared from the space race is probably just you know I'm going to use the 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 dreaded N word here uh neoliberalism uh spacex is just a private contractor for nasa i mean spacex was bailed out two times to the amount of two billion dollars by mike griffin who i want to get into at some point uh so they're 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 benefiting from the the military from the the u.s government it's not that you know the, the nation of the united states is not involved in this any further it's just they've just you know put it into a a a private contractor yeah, but I mean that that's kind of like, you know, how we've been privatizing the military, which I don't like either. No, you know, I don't bad. this I this whole movement, I agree with you that this whole tendency to, you know, outsource the nation state itself um sucks, you know. I guess in a way I am an old school nationalist. Like I I would like I would like it to be the actual people of the United States uh coming together to actually agree on a new space program and it being a source of national greatness i like that idea Yeah, but there's no more there's no more like national polarity in that regard anymore the ussr does not exist so who are we racing against now and that's where it's the the race is between bezos and musk that's that's who cares about space now that's what i'm saying that's why i was hoping i was actually hoping russia would, would do something in space so that it would it would force us to do it but then you also have china which launched a supersonic missile that would circle the earth um which according to our brilliant intelligence agencies was not possible um so it's there it's there to an extent i i don't know i would i would i understand that we may be past the point historically where this is going to be possible, where something could actually galvanize us to look to space again. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be as white pilled as possible about this. I'm I'm perfectly happy to concede the way things that are going now, it's not good. We might want to talk about well, maybe the larger philosophical reasons, yeah. you know, for let's what, talk about, what the, let's what talk the about point of going to space would be. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, space, that, that's kind of colonization. Right, right. So, so both those kind of lead to my question, which is just, what do you mean by go to space, Max? Like, I like, would, uh, my, yeah. my my dream would be that we actually, my dream would be that we actually pretty much reformatted the entire economy to uh, terraform other planets, probably starting with Venus. Um, Venus, I, I, Venus Boy, actually, Venus. Venus that's actually, where the chicks are, right? Is <laughs> it just because no, we it has, could send like, all the chicks there and we could finally have we could finally have Peace dude earth dude <laughs> no um, um venus so venus it's the the size of venus is uh pretty close to earth's um the, the actual upper atmosphere of venus because the atmosphere right now is so thick the upper atmosphere of venus is the closest to an earth-like atmosphere or temperament or temperature um to any other place in the solar system you could actually build floating um cities or, or floating colonies on venus um and from there you could uh, i'm not sure exactly how but there's debates about what you could do to um actually cool venus down and begin to actually terraform uh, the planet into something habitable. Now, I'm also more than happy to concede here. There's huge advances you'd have to make in science to make terraforming, you know, practical. But what I'm saying is, is that, and this is another issue. It's sort of like, what do we really think the limits of science are? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I guess there's a, there's a follow up question to that, which would be, I guess the, the, these two questions are kind of the fundamental ones. If, if I'm not, um, if I'm understanding the two of you's disagreement here, uh, but say we we it's it's even theoretically possible to go to to venus and make these floating cities all like if if i grant that um why 
would you why would you go to venus where it's hot enough to melt lead atmospherically on the surface an upper atmosphere it's actually pretty tough but 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 even then like why <laughs> why go and deal with all these issues when i i mean so much of this discourse is based on earth is going to be inhospitable or unpleasant so we should go other places and either abandon earth entirely or let earth kind of re flourish you know they kind of start over without us or with less of us and then we we kind of bounce back and forth or something but if you have the technology to like build a, a, a new terraformed floating world on venus then why not just fix so, the shit here is it is it is it literally a space as in like you know surface area issue or or like what why or is it just the the lust for adventure kind of thing? Because that's the most convincing it's, part of it to me is lust for adventure, so maybe. But so I, I mean, I have two answers. One is that if everything we would learn about terraforming uh, a relatively inhospitable planet would ultimately be applicable to helping the Earth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that would be just like the practical. You know, it's been pointed out many times. There's so many things that we learned. You know, going to the moon, getting to outer space. So many, so many things that we figured out through um the space program that eventually did trickle down this is one place where the trickle down really worked um did trickle down and were, were used in uh popular yeah it gave us the site. internet thank you right that was yeah. great <laughs> the thing we're talking well, about I right think, good job um, I, I, I mean i uh and, i'm i'm kind of in a position here where despite the fact that i was also bullying you um i <laughs> i i'm mostly bullying you because i think that the idea in terms of practicality is is patently absurd um and that we're just never going to find ourselves in a position where that's going to be something which which can occur but i'm on your side in the sense that i'm not against us dedicating genuinely stupid amounts of resources and time and energy to to attempting it both because you know uh, humanity attempting things that they're going to fail at is something that i i have a romantic love for right uh but also because of the fact that you know trying and failing at one thing tends to lead you to interesting things elsewhere so i i mean i'm i'm on your side with that but again i i don't i don't see any reason that to to, you know to think that this has any I don't think it's possible. <laughs> These views, someone asked me a couple, all right, I got a couple things. Someone asked me once, you know, they're like, you interview so many people about their weird views. We would like to hear more about your weird views. Well, what I'm saying is get ready because here's my fucking weird views. <laughs> Most Let's of go. these ideas about outer space that I've had came from Kojo. It was from reading Kojo's introduction to Hegel, you know, and him talking about man being a being completely dedicated to negation and that you had to accept that about human beings is kind of what got me thinking about this stuff. So I feel like I've answered your question on, on a practical level. It's like, well, what, what practical reason could there be to go terraform for, uh, uh, inhospitable worlds? Well, everything you would learn would be applicable to earth and just applicable to the well-being of humanity in general, I think. Um, that would be a practical reason. But the other reason, the larger philosophical reason is that space could be space could be the truly be the final frontier it could be the place where we put all of our uh our will to negation into you know it, it could be it, instead of all of this energy going into war this that same energy could go into space travel and space exploration space that wars. Could, star that, wars it doesn't but the thing well i want we'll talk about star trek and dune and those two different competing of, uh, visions of space but it, it could be you know, something where you had something like a World War II or Cold War war economy, except it's all built around um, the, the the terraforming of space. And I recognize that some people aren't going to like the kind of manifest destiny ideology that's implicit in this, but it's like, we're not going to, the whole point is that we're not going to be fighting wars against our fellow man anymore. We're going to be dedicating all of that energy to um, the uh, humanization of outer space. I mean, is, is I, I there... I Sorry, love your on. gay luxury space communism. Guys. Um, it's very I, well. Ho hold on, I do. I, I know you. I know you're half joking, but I do want to say, like, I fully recognize there would be massive casualties and disasters, and a lot of this would be brutal. Um, but right. I, what I'm saying is, the the energy would be going into relatively peaceful exploration, not you know, not endless wars. 
but well, but the, the the technology that's being used for it is inevitably going to be used to uh, to facilitate these same endless wars that it's it's theoretically supposed to be like a, a event for like the this is i mean i i, I like uh going to space as a new like a, a, a cursed share essentially but i don't see it. any reason to believe that this the 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 focus on going to space would um number one not lead to the trickle down into more and more devastating and cruel forms of like the subjectification and or, or jesus I, i've been teaching all day my brains run but but of of tormenting and murdering and torturing people um and and that it would be enough of a distraction that we would stop or even slow down <laughs> like i i um it's a nice thought, but but I, I don't see any reason to to think that that would be the case. Well, so I, I want to re rewind a bit because um, I, I, before we get into the like the more philosophical reasons to get into why we should colonize space or terraform planets, I, I do want to say that my my feeling about or why I'm opposed to this initially is because it's just not fucking possible. I mean, we mm -hmm. are so far from the ability to do this. Uh, that it seems like just such a waste to me. Uh, mm. And what we're experiencing right now in Florida because of SpaceX, which I actually saw a space, when I was on that cattle drive thing I did, I saw a SpaceX uh, rocket launch up, which is kind of a, a funny juxtaposition between like reenacting old Florida ways and then seeing like the new Florida. But SpaceX is fucking up the environment like real bad. I mean, we're, we're talking like protected wetlands that are just getting smoked and the idea that it, it, it's kind of like the the logic of those effective altruists, right? Where it's 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 the, this future humanity, you know, we're doing this for our our ancestors' ancestors, or like we're or for our progeny, whatever. But yeah. meanwhile, they're you're, you're annihilating this earth, and so that sort of uh, conundrum to me makes it be like we shouldn't be doing this. Um, not to mention all the crap it's leaving in the atmosphere. I mean, like the difference between airplanes. And space rockets are, you know, the troposphere versus the stratosphere. And like leaving all that crap in the stratosphere is really, really bad. So mm -hmm. it is effectively destroying the planet it's leaving, not just, I think, physically, but spiritually, too. And I think that's the other reason why I, I do oppose this. But um, you know, I was listening to God, I was listening to Lex Friedman to prepare for this <laughs> podcast. That's the fucking homework I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I'm admitting I really want to get A plus. A plus. <laughs> I want to get. I've been like working on my my Lex Friedman impression, but maybe I'll debut that later. <laughs> but he was talking to this guy named Chris Mason, who's like some genomist for space programs or whatever. They're they're both fucking morons in my opinion. But they were talking about uh, studying uh, that the astronaut Kelly his his body after spending like almost a year in space, and just like the fucked up shit that was happening to his body. Like he couldn't wear clothes for weeks after coming back to Earth because it hurt too much. That's the funniest. Just, like have something ever. touch your skin, so he had to be naked for a long time just to like reacclimate. Oh. Um, I re I really but, like that. But but here's here's our fix to it. <laughs> Once you go to space, you're never allowed to come back. We just ah. we just launch you out there and you die. Well, so two things. One, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. Right now, the way that SpaceX is going, it it's very caustic to the environment. But then this is the thing where it's like we need. What I'm saying is, this is one of those things where it's like we. You, you, you got to go full space or no space. What I'm saying is, is that I would, if it were up to me, if I, if, if I'm a uh, president of the United States, I'm saying that, uh, you know, we're going to now base a huge sector of the American economy. We're going to eat up a lot of the Pentagon's um, budget for NASA. And, you know, one of these things is like, if we had a space elevator, which is not that infeasible to build, um, you wouldn't need all these rockets. <laughs> Uh -huh. get it and then once you got a space elevator on earth it's going to be very easy to build a space elevator on the moon so and then after that the sky is no longer the limit but um what was the other point i want to respond to oh there's so this is a larger thing that i want to talk about and i agree that the argument cuts both ways here but this is a huge abstract question i know but it's like do do you guys think that there is a relative end to science 
by which I mean, you know, is there going to be a certain technological barrier that mankind's not going to be able to traverse? You know, it might be, do you, do you think that, you know, we're just not ever going to be able to do faster than light travel? Or we're just not going to ever be able to get good enough at ecology that we would actually be able to build Earth-like ecologies on um, foreign planets, this sort of thing. Do, do you really believe that there is a hard limit on science? You want to go first? I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not totally convinced by the idea of like faster than light travel being feasible. I mean, theoretically possible, maybe. But um, and then my my issue is is less to do with whether or not the science is possible. Uh, because I don't, I don't know if there are necessarily hard limits on that. If we, especially if we grant, though, though we shouldn't that, that, you know, science is, is always a, a forward progression, but, uh, even of its own, like understanding, because it, again, more and more, we have issues with reproducibility of results and things like that. So, you know, it, it's, Science has a tendency to uh, to get in its own way sometimes, and also to lead itself into a direction that isn't isn't helpful to itself, nor is it actually like objectively true. Um, but my issue would have more to do with the spiritual or philosophical willingness to use that science for anything other than making our lives less valuable and more miserable. <laughs> um, I think that like, um, science. Sorry, you're gonna finish something, Dorian? No, no, no. I was just, I was, I was just gonna keep blackpilling about that. Go on. Um, I, I think that um, the endpoint of science will be require like a to extend science beyond some sort of endpoint would require us to stop being human. Um, I do think that space travel of all sorts will be possible if like we reach singularity, if we can upload our computers to or our brains to a computer, then we can travel through space because. Then we won't need our, our, our bodies, which will not survive space travel. Um, so it requires a sort of death of humanity, uh, in my opinion. And I, I guess I just I'm no space. I am no space because I believe that we are we belong here. This is home. Uh, and to leave it would be to to leave what makes us us. I mean, we we have a literal fucking magnetic field protecting us from space radiation. Like we have an actual I mean, like, if you want to get weird about it, like, I think it's like an we have an actual angel surrounding this, this planet protecting us. And that shit don't exist elsewhere. So I don't know. I it's do, like we're, we're built for this place. Yeah. I, I mean, a, a version of that uh, would be my my general feeling that uh, if we if we feel that we genuinely have the option to leave Earth, then Earth is fucked and it's fucked so quickly that it collapses before we can leave. Right. Like as soon as it becomes feasible for anyone to leave, we are going to fucking burn this planet to a crisp. Right. It's it's mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's this this thing that uh, that Zizek kind of brings up all the time. Just this idea of like if if you uh, if you're a smoker, you're going to continue smoking uh, and, and you're going to continue smoking with with greater fervor if you believe that you could stop. Right. So if if you believe that you could leave Earth, uh, then then you're it's never going to happen. Uh, I, I think I think we do get in our uh, our own ways there. Um, but I, I also think that with in, in terms of like the the singularity notion and, and, and things like that, I mean, maybe. Um, but but I, I think there are even problems that get in the way there where like even even the most fundamental little bits and pieces of biology uh are are still things that we're having great difficulty understanding right like if you if you just think about proteins uh and uh just just the ones that exist inside of our bodies let alone you know proteins that are you know aberrant or or exist elsewhere we don't know what a lot of them do, and maybe you could do some kind of modeling, you know, especially if you got the singularity, blah, 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 that's able to figure that out. But then you have more qualitative questions that genuinely do end up mattering, like scientists, biologists genuinely don't know why proteins are as large as they are. And that's not the kind of question that you're necessarily going to get answered by machinery anyway. It's not a kind of it's not the type of question that I could see a, a machine asking. Um, and. And when you have such fundamental questions that that kind of delve down into things that we think we understand already, uh, I I don't see us solving uh, problems that are infinitely more complex and bring in more and more subjective issues. Like 
how do human being live happy in space place mm-hmm. yeah. I, I i don't know if i agree with this idea that the second you know that there's an option to leave earth that that means that everyone will just stop caring about earth in fact i think that the whole a part of why this would work is precisely because once people know that there's other places to go to or that there's a a larger long-term future for humanity that doesn't require the constant um constantly fighting over earth i think you actually get people to be a lot more agreeable it's sort of like if you have you know 10 people stuffed in a room and they have to fight over uh two beds and you yeah. say well actually some of you some of you will in uh, a while eventually you will have another room with your own beds in it no i think people are going to be more inclined to get along no also, and, this would and, have to and be I'm, not, I'm not saying i'm not saying they're gonna that we're gonna nuke one another immediately i what what i'm saying is that when you have a glimmer uh, that says, hey, uh, sometime in the next uh, 20 years, it seems likely that we'll have colonies or even you, if you start off a colony uh, s- somewhere out in the solar system, then the moment that that ends up becoming a, a, a real option for any size population, immediately we're going to have such immense resource usage here and, and such violent extraction of of resources and and, and just kind of it, a, a avoidance of maintaining earth that uh, that's i i think where the real problem is right unless unless we develop some kind of a science where it's just like okay um yesterday we were able to send people off in rockets but today we can uh we can terraform mars and send everyone out there immediately and we're not going to hit any hiccups that cause you know years or decades long delays that would be a different situation but I really feel as if if we if we start off a colony somewhere, we're going to think, well, let's blow the tops off of every single mountain on Earth, extract all of the heavy metals from it in order to build rocket ships. And then sooner or later, you have, you know, more more cancer and death here than than, you know, is, is going to be present in a population worth saving. <laughs> I don't think, though, okay, if we're really talking long-term how we're going to start terraforming um, Venus or Mars or, or, or foreign planets in general, we don't have to get all of the resources from Earth. Also, you know, imagine if you were like, well, we're now going to start mining uh, every single landfill on Earth. Um, we're going to just start taking a bunch of old junk and r- recycling it. We're going to take all of the old junk off of Earth, we're going to recycle it into um, uh, this new space program. And I know that's a whole other question about the feasibility of that, but my my point here is is that it doesn't. I I don't think it's a one hundred percent given that it has to be that 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 the the colonization of space requires us to completely um, destroy the planet. Yeah, and, and and again, like I like I said towards the beginning, fuck it, <laughs> might as might as might as well try it out. But I'm not convinced that it's going to work, and I'm not convinced that it's going to lead us to a, to a happy place. Right. But but I'm I'm also of the opinion that as soon as you develop technology or an idea or anything like that, there's going to be someone working on it. And so if someone isn't um, if someone isn't you and it is something that could be catastrophically bad if someone else has it and you don't, you know, um, uh, you, you you probably have to you probably have to do it. Right. Like, um, do you mean like we, new space race immediately turns into new arms race? Uh well, or or just new space race is new arms race, whether or I mean, not it it's, is, yeah, it's it's genuinely exactly that case. But I, 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 I'm just saying that that it's going to happen. Whatever degree of it we can do, we will. Um, in my opinion, so I have no reason to to have any any kind of uh, and, and stance my, on my, it that says opinion, no, we shouldn't because we will. Um, but well, we we will up to a point. But I think that any Anybody with the, any sort of engineering know-how or any serious space people will tell you that it's like this shit just isn't feasible. Right. Um, and so I, what interests me is the, the people who um, promote this stuff. And that's why, you know, to have Elon Musk as your space colonization ambassador, whether you want him to be or not, it's, I mean, he and Bezos are like the two guys doing it. Uh, it doesn't speak too well to the overall program in my mind. Like it's, there's like a, a, it's very funny to me that the wealthiest people on earth who should be the most comfortable on this planet want to leave it so bad. Uh, you know, it, it, it speaks to something else about, you know, how empty being rich is, but also this kind of like space Atlas shrugged thing. Like they're misanthropes. 
And that's what was so funny about listening to that Lex Friedman podcast was he kept talking about how as humans, we have a duty. You like to say the word duty a lot. So we have a duty to engineer away death. I mean, he was literally talking about how we should engineer heat death of the universe, which that's, is just like, are you, that's fucking That's the crazy. funniest fucking idea in, in the universe to me right now. You, 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 you told us about this, about this before the podcast. Um, and, and I was just, just blown away by the idea that, uh, that Lex Friedman, um, a, a man of whatever age he is uh, it's it's hard to tell He's from like his face was that i don't know I'm joking go on but but a a grown ass man is what i mean to say is is having the thoughts of a precocious 11 year old uh and putting them out there and being paid so well for it and and, and on top of that being just this idea that yes we should use the entropy dissipation engine that is biological life in order to stop entropy from happening it's just it's the most galaxy brain stupid bullshit i've ever heard in my fucking life sorry we can get back to talking about space i just thought that I, like freedom is one of these people that everybody loves to hate on and i still like him i don't know why i don't I think don't, i've ever watched any one of his podcasts but i don't know why because he, i don't think the thing is though that he never i mean this is similar to you know how i always defend joe rogan but it's like they don't these guys don't uh, depict themselves or claim to be like great intellectuals that everyone should listen to. That is not true. Yeah, but but, but Joe Rogan making fun is of Lex because oh, because Joe Rogan's not going to say it's our duty to do anything except for make dumbass <laughs> jokes and like complain All right, about. Fair enough. But that. the thing about like everyone's given everyone's <laughs> given Lex shit hold on, hold on. about his about his reading list, and he's saying like I'm going to read all of these books this year, and everyone's making fun of him because I guess a lot of, they consider a lot of the books basic. But I'm like, no, I think that's cool that he's putting his reading list up in front of everybody and saying I don't yeah, know a lot of these sure. classic books. That, I never read that, them, and now I'm going okay, to try. But to. you can't base it off of that one thing. Lex Friedman made his entire career off of pretending to be an M. MIT person like oh, he has, he has he, yes he he like would constantly put like it's like when some fucking chiropractor puts doctor in front of his name or something like that <laughs> okay like, okay he, okay. he I claimed didn't, to be uh, some like right. MIT like grad person but he all he did was he had like a, a like a small research grant to like use their library or something like that <laughs> right. so he's 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 okay. been a fraud since the get-go and he puts on these like my, my Lex Friedman impression is just like talking like a really slow Ben Shapiro you know, it's like, okay. I, I, he, I, it's, I can, I, I, I can see so, the point then because I just thought that Lex Friedman was just like a podcaster guy who got kind of big. I didn't know that there was some, like, he was like doing some, uh, um, that's kind of like some Epstein shit claiming that you're part of a university. Oh, yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's All right, No, that's pretty bad. Is, that is pretty bad. Is when Lex Friedman ends up being the first man to podcast from a bungalow on Mars. <laughs> the bungalow. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have a little bungalow on Mars right next to the water. Um, Huh, damn. I, didn't, I, 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 I thought that Lex Friedman was just like some normie dude who, who got a podcast. I didn't realize that he was like claiming to be MIT or something when he wasn't. Do, yeah, was, it that he, was it that he it's watched Good Will Hunting and was like, yeah, I'm I'm this guy. I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> Is that what happened? I'm serious. Because like, uh, now I feel kind of bad. I mean, All right. Well, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. But I, I do, again, I, I think that it's it's very telling to me that the people who are the most excited about space colonization are the people who hate people the most because that's right. and that's what's upsetting to, to me about not not you max but i mean like well, these people the space these billionaires like it unless they're completely stupid they know that they this can't happen especially within their lifetime so why are they doing it i think it's a it's like a potlash they have a, a ton of surplus capital that they can't even use i mean that's the thing is like this is money that they I'm cannot not spend but I've already said they do. They fucking launch it out into space. But that's what I that's what I meant when I said that before, right? It, it's it's our cursed share. It's our potlatch. I yes. I don't necessarily even have an issue with that per se. But sorry, Max, I was talking over. But you. what I've something we talked about off air was that I fully I'm not defending these people as men. I'm I'm taking a I'm taking a, a Hegelian a slaughter bench of history view that these are just sort of like the useful idiots that will hopefully. I'm hoping that they accidentally do something that regalvanizes actual uh, uh, nation-based space programs. Um, that is ultimately what I want. So if if they fuck around and fuck something up in some way that forces um, uh, uh, the United States or the European Union or Japan or even India, superpower 2023, I always believed, um, to, to actually have real strong national-based space programs again, I'm for it. And you know what I was saying is like, 
many years ago, many years ago, when I was a journalism student, I wrote an article saying that if we have to have a planetary, <laughs> uh, yes, big sucker, the biggest sucker. Um, <laughs> if we have to have, if we have to have a planetary based hyper bourgeoisie, um, can they at least do stuff that's cool? Because what most super rich people do is they just hide their money and sit on it. You know, which that to me is more nihilistic and more misanthropic than any stupid uh, billionaire space program. Okay, it's the billionaires you don't see that, that that sit around and hide their money, and you know what we learned in the Panama Papers. They just hide their money; they do nothing with it. It's it's like that to me is infinitely more insane than trying to build your own rocket ship, trying to build your own space program. And if that stupid billionaire space program fucks up somehow or becomes uh, some kind of geopolitical issue, enough of an issue that it somehow regalvanizes national space uh, programs again, then it would it would, it would have been completely worth it to me. You know, the the failure of the space program is a lot like jazz. It's the billionaires you don't see. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excellent. Yeah, may, maybe, but at the same time, I guess, you know, for me, it's hard to get to that point because, again, I just don't think that it is technologically feasible. And again, in order to, I think in order to travel to space, we have to stop being human entirely. Like we, we have to. Oh, okay, so this is limited. Right, we're back. We're back to limits of science. And the thing is, this is where I agree. This is like the most, uh, this is the the soft underbelly of my argument, which is, you know, I, I would say there's a difference between sort of like the Star Trek, very optimistic vision of space, where space becomes the final frontier where everybody can go out, start their own little space colony, have their own little experiments in utopias and uh, democracies. And, you know, one thing that's funny about uh, Star Trek is the way they explain why there's no transhumanism in, in Star Trek is that there was this horrific um, clone war. That was World War Three on Earth was that, you know, you had these there people are no trans, trans people in Star Trek. There's no transhuman people. Okay. So there, there are trans animal people or what kind of I trans mean, do they have? I'm just saying there's a whole in-world explanation for why they didn't use all this technology to immediately start altering themselves, which is that there was this horrible war mm -hmm. and everyone just sort of agreed after that we were going to do space humanism That they were going to stick to their assigned genders. Well, there's a, there is this episode about Star Trek uh, about where they go to a three-gendered planet. Um, go on. How, what's that like? <laughs> it's, it's incredible to watch in the current year, but that is a different story. Oh, um, there's... there's uh, Okay, so you kind of have the Star Trek vision of, of outer space, and then you have the the Dune vision of outer space, where instead of space being this go. sort of like place of, you know, endless new uh, uh, experiments of democracy, space and the savagery of space just makes us sort of revert back to medievalism. And then it just becomes kind of cosmic medieval uh, empires that go on forever and ever and ever. And I, I can see that that's a possibility. I mean, I can see that if you really did have a you know trans galaxy you know interplanetary human um civilization that it, it could turn into things that were um medieval beyond our wildest uh, imagination so i i i guess i want to ask you max um but let's we'll, we'll put we'll, we'll put we'll put the uh technological feasibility to the side but spiritually speaking I mean, I, you believe in aliens and interdimensional beings and stuff like that too, right? I I mean, I'm sort of agnostic about what I think ETs are. As I've always said, I, I take extraterrestrials and extraterrestrial phenomenon seriously, but I don't I, I don't I don't claim that they're aliens from another planet. I don't necessarily claim that they're transdimensional beings. I don't necessarily claim that they're angels or demons or whatever. Okay. I just say that I think that there is something real to that phenomenon. I don't think it's all sure. just crazy people. Um, but it's like Jacques Vallée said, the evidence points both ways. And that's what's so frustrating right. when we really get into the nitty gritty of these cases. The evidence points both ways. And, you know, th this is a whole nother discussion, which I've had many times on this podcast, but it, it, it ends up being a subject that gets so frustrating and so topsy-turvy that it, it, it's hard to say. You know, I don't, so I don't have a, like I said, I'm agnostic about that. I don't have any hard opinions so, about it. I ask because I, I think, you know, one of the claims that um, people who are advocates of uh, space colonization do is that it's like, we need to extend life. You know, it's the life is beautiful and we need to make sure it doesn't die out with this, when this planet dies. Um, but then maybe there's life elsewhere in the universe. And so why prioritize our human version of life is kind of what I wonder sometimes, but also if we leave this planet, do we cease to be human? Are, are we no longer human? Um, 
there's I, I mentioned this when we were first talking about it. There's that book series, The Greening of Mars, which Dorian, I know you read. But my favorite thing reading this book was a it was about terraforming Mars and the the relationship between the Terrarians and the Martians and how they genetically altered and the Martians became superior beings and they could fuck the Earth humans, uh, women and get them pregnant, but the Earth men could not fuck the Martian women and get them pregnant. So there was like this inherent anti-humanism to it as well, I think. But I guess that's what I worry is like if we leave this place, our like the, the claim that not just extending life, but extending human life, the beauty of being a person, like do you do you do we leave that behind if we leave the planet? I'm saying that, you know, and part of this is that I, I don't think that we're going to be able to return just because of the nature of man. It's, it's paradoxical, it's dialectical. It's precisely because of man's will to negativity, man's endless need to negate that you would need something like this new frontier for us to expand into. Uh, but what I'm saying is in doing that, you would actually be preserving what is essentially human about us. And I think that even if you started to have, you know, human beings that would have to be adapted to live on smaller worlds, if such a project was undertaken, um, I think that they still would be human beings, even if they were maybe a different form of, uh, of Homo sapien, I think that they still would be essentially human. But I, I admit, I mean, it's kind of terrifying and your mind starts to boggle if you really take that idea seriously that you would be uh, uh, colonizing non-Earths and then slowly adapting human beings to live on those non-Earths, like, like, you know, like a green Mars or something like that. It, it, it is a little bit jarring to think about how fucking weird that would get or could get. I, I would like cool. to think, I would like to think ideally that you would be finding Earth-like planets, you know, planets about about the same size and and more or less reproducing um, uh, worlds in 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 the image of Earth. Um, I think most human beings would prefer that, um, but you're right. That's kind of a, a weird open-ended question. But then, what I would say on the course we are on now on this planet, you know. Uh, if we continue on the course we're on, people will start having to, um, you know, genetically alter themselves to just keep living on Earth. You'll have to start, you'll have to start like genetically altering people so that our livers can break down microplastics and shit. Like that's going to get dark here anyway. I guess this is the other thing, you know, philosophically speaking or, or big picture. It's like, I'm saying that even though it seems absurd, this idea of expanding into outer space, uh, it, it's, we're already trapped in, in this weird, techno accelerationist um earth that's being uh reduced back to a more primitive time um you know that like we are stripping the earth back to a more primitive uh age and uh kind of going back to what we said before if you actually like took the um initiative to think about okay how would we terraform other planets and then how would that help us restore this planet i think that would be a completely noble and necessary project Yeah, I'm. I, I don't know. I, I'm. A, I feel as if I'm a, as neutral of a party as exists in this group of three people that are very polarized. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't know that my my opinion here has necessarily changed, right? Because I, I think I think it's a pipe dream. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to be extremely damaging, and I I think we should try it out. All right. Well. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let me put it. Let me put it this um, way. There's this great section and, and, in. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, and 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 largely because of you know what what you've said, which is that many of the things, so long as it we do it in such a forward thinking way, um, even even in its failure, and especially through its failure, could lead to better things occurring here on Earth. But mm -hmm. it has to be you know us actually putting in a focus to you know. Uh, like you actually very insightly, uh, insightfully pointed out, like having a, a, a genuine understanding of ecologies, um, of having a, a better understanding of, you know, energy use, uh, caring more about energy efficiency, things like that, um, and then failing to use them to a degree that we can actually colonize other planets that, that would allow all of those things to genuinely be used in order to help us here. Uh, but I do think that the moment that it becomes successful... Uh, we put ourselves not not in a, a state that I think is necessarily doomed, but I would say is very likely doomed. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my general take here. Max, you would be a much better ambassador for someone like me 
uh, for space colonization. I was looking at Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX blueprints for terraforming Mars, and it's so fucking funny. You know how he has like their their launch pads, right? Uh, their mm-hmm. launch pads are like directly next to like these airlock domes. So Fuck like, yeah. if something <laughs> wrong with like the entire fucking colony would blow up. Because they're all so it's just like you know he's just fucking stupid man like Lex Friedman Elon Musk Jeff Bezos these are awful ambassadors for these kinds of ideas okay but I'm not but but the thing is they're not men of science they're they're men who are trying to just sell you the brand so I I don't know it's like I don't I know I'm kind of repeating myself but it's like it doesn't matter if these guys are kind of idiots they just have to bumble along. Uh, just enough to act. actually, I mean, it would be good if they fucked something up or blew something up big enough so that the government finally stepped in and said, okay, we're taking control of this space program. So this is this is a good news to me that they're kind of dumbasses and bad ambassadors. They don't need to be good ambassadors. I mean, they need one, to be useful way, idiots. One, but one way in which, like, I I I like your idea for um, for them fucking something up catastrophically and then becoming essentially nationalized. Uh, but the the one way in which them being bad ambassadors genuinely really does matter is mm-hmm. kind of what one of the the issues that we keep kind of butting into and 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 not getting too deep into because maybe it's because it's just so broad and abstract. But it it has to do with the general philosophy of you know world culture uh, as it. Sorry, what uh, okay. the, uh, I was I was flailing, I was gesticulating really hard, and I hit my started eating pizza in the middle of his idea. Uh, but uh, but but they're bad. If they're bad ambassadors, then it has the potential, and not just the potential, but but I I, I think the the actual result because they are marketing people more than anything, right? Of of causing world culture to view space exploration and colonization in a certain light which prioritizes all of the wrong things and makes those things profitable. Like mm. it's more profitable to uh, launch a billion uh, failed rockets into space. So long as they fail a little less than last time, uh, it's significantly more profitable to do that kind of thing and gets you way more attention than developing a new type of bacteria that ends up converting, uh, you know, like human into shit soil. into breathable yeah. oxygen. Right. So so if if they are bad ambassadors, that that kind of primes the entire system to uh, to to produce technologies which are not just unhelpful, but probably actively damaging ruin the whole thing. So, yeah, you're right. I guess my useful idiot thing is like they, the useful idiot. They have to do something idiotic enough in a short enough time span if they're just sort of midwits for long enough right. then it fucks the whole thing up. Yeah. OK. I do like the idea of uh, of Elon actually getting us to Mars and banning the color yellow. Uh, <laughs> I I think that or Venus that would be that would be a lot better because then he'd have to be like he'd be developing ways to turn the the clouds of sulfuric acid uh, like blue or whatever. He'd be developing these really complex dyes, hmm. uh, which then, would then give everyone in the galaxy cancer somehow. There there was some I think it might have been Elon. There was someone who was proposing. Some, you would launch a cryptocurrency to Mars, something like that. And so the first people who get to Mars you know, are the first people who get in on this blockchain. Um, and it, it actually made me think about how, like, you know, the California gold rush really didn't, you know, the, the, the most of the people who came out to California looking for gold didn't get it. But they accidentally ended up colonizing and, you know, creating the state of California. And I was kind of thinking, like, if you could create some kind of uh, crypto rush where you had a bunch of people competing to get to outer space, um, it might it might serve the greater good. It might. It's possible. Um, I, I concede that's like the most Wiley Coyote version of how this could go go down. But it's it, it, it's it's fun to think about. I like it for no other reason than it's funny. <laughs> and. And I really um, like how confusing the phrase launch a cryptocurrency into space is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me really happy. <laughs> um, so one thing I, I, I love uh, space colonization art and stories. I kind of wanted to know what you guys, what were your, your favorites? My favorite was, uh, is Cowboy Bebop where they, they terraformed um, our solar system. Um, but, and maybe that, that, that colors my thoughts on space colonization. It's a, it's, it's kind of cool, but not good thing. Not a good thing. 
I, I grew up on Total Recall and it's uh, it's an actually underappreciated mm. sci-fi movie because it should be up there with Blade Runner and Alien and uh, all the other ones that are considered the greats. But right. oh, that's, one of my, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I feel like it's it's slightly an underrated movie, but it's such an awesome fantasy. But then it, it's funny because the whole point of the movie is that it probably all is just a fantasy. Um, right. You know, it's ambiguous, but you, more than likely, you know, um, well, it, really it fades to white at the at the end for a reason. I think. Right. Kiss me before we wake up. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it, it is it is ultimately on one hand, it's this awesome fantasy about terraforming Mars. And on the other hand, uh, it's also about how that's just some pipe dream that you would sell to some poor proletarian man on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so it cuts both ways, but that would probably be my favorite. And that's definitely the one that like gripped me as a child. Mine is. Uh... I, I don't know if I'm surprising anyone with this, uh, but The Whisperer in Darkness by H.P. Lovecraft, uh, because it has more to do with uh, forces outside of our control uh, that we can't even communicate with, uh, really, ripping the brains out of our bodies and sending us to space to explore for them, um, whether we want it or not. Uh, and some of us do. I like the idea of of uh, being like forced by something non-human to explore the cosmos uh, and perhaps not even gain like useful information. Uh, just just forced to experience Any information. It. I like that. <laughs> well, I know. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard about this, but after the Cuban Missile Crisis, Kennedy publicly said that he wanted the. Uh, Apollo missions, the the moon landing, to be a joint American Soviet um uh expedition. And that's he, why he, Ted Cruz and I killed him. He, <laughs> he proposed this idea publicly that the, the US and the Soviet Union should go to the moon together. And I guess this is kind of my new favorite alternate history idea that after the Cuban Missile Crisis, after we came our closest to nuclear annihilation, that that would that would be the end of the master-slave dialectic. That these two semi-conscious empires recognized in you know they, they somehow saw oblivion in each other's eyes during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and they realized that there was a larger negation that they needed to dedicate themselves to. Um, and so they synthesize into this you know world uh, uh, liberal Western and Eastern communist um, space exploration program, and that's where the the uh, Cold War goes into. Um, and that is obviously a pipe dream, but I will concede, you know, that was probably the only moment in history where any of the things that I've been talking about could have actually happened. If it's sort of like the, the, the peace between the U S and the Soviet union could only be maintained through the two countries exploring space together. Um, I kind of wish that's the timeline we lived in. That would have been the true end of history. Um, that would have been worthy of the name. That's a beautiful end to the podcast. Right.